Grab your favorite caffeinated beverage and get cozy because you are listening to Mindful as a Mother with Paige Bruce and Lindsay Adams. Hey, hey, I just wanted to pop on here real quick before the episode starts and give a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship, and the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. Now that that's out of the way, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoy it because it helps the podcast grow. And don't forget to be peace, be love, be mindful as a mother. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Mindful as a Mother. Lindsay and I just started at the same time. We were like, you got this? Also, we both have messy buns and black t-shirts on. So yeah. Is it the first day of school for you? No, I don't have the first day of school to the 31st. Oh, dang. It was first day today. So I'm just here. Oh, how many of you guys went to school already? Uh, how, would it, how did it go? Good. He was fine. It's me yeah. that like has a hard time with it. He was like, bye. See ya, mom. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, if you're joining us today, then you're here for our monthly um, Q&A. Lindsay and I get to get together and answer some um, listener questions that are emailed to us or they're in our Facebook group, which is the Mindful as a Mother. Oh. That's not it. It's embracing mindful motherhood and positive parenting Facebook group where we have um, live questions and answers. Yes. Okay. I'll read the first one. Okay. My three-year-old wants to be involved with my nine-year-old's activities. How can I understand that they don't have to play with her sometimes? Do you want to go first or do you want me to? You go. I know you're ready with this. I see. Um, so I think... With this, the best thing you can do is find something like I call these like preferred activities, things that your kid really likes to do when the nine-year-old is playing with friends or doing her own activities. So whether that's screen time, doing one-on-one time, playing a certain game or watching a certain show, having that set up during that time. So she, I already hear kids coming down the stairs. Um, so that they feel like they have something fun to do as well. Because a lot of times it's not necessarily about missing out on playing with the nine-year-old or what the nine-year-old's doing. It's about like the excitement of it. So, Yes, I love it. I think that was a question on our last TikTok live we did too. Um, If any of you guys haven't joined us and have found your way onto TikTok every um, Friday or once a week, we do a TikTok live answering some of these questions. And so we talked about doing preferred activities. Use this as good quality time with your three-year-old to be able to reconnect and build that attunement that we talked about a lot. Also, I always like to encourage parents that it's okay for you to set that boundary. It's okay to tell your nine-year-olds that they don't have to play with their three-year-olds all the time because this is modeling real social dynamics that are going to be out in the world. Not everyone's going to want to play with us. Not every activity is going to be inclusive of what we're doing. So being able to find an alternate activity that they can do independently or using that as their um, preferred activity time for you to attune. Yes, I love that. And I just love like doing, finding what works for you. You're going to have to play around with it to figure out what is best for you and that specific child. Yeah, my three-year-old loves to color. 
So if my older kiddo who is eight has her friends over, almost eight, she'll tell you she's 13, but has her friends over and they're doing something special, then my three-year-old wants to play, but it isn't quite at her level. I ask her if she wants to color and we sit and color together. I love it. Um, I shared this on the TikTok live, but my son had a play date and my girls were really wanting to play and participate and they were wanting to do big kid things. And mm -hmm. so I played a game with my girls and they loved that. They got to just play a game with mom during that time. Yeah. Also, it takes a different type of attention and patience level to just play a game with your three-year-old. So, <laughs> which does, I don't always have that when I'm playing with my other kids too. So <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. Do you want to read the next one? Yeah. Next one. I feel like my teenager hates me. What can I do? And this breaks my heart as a mom, because I definitely, um, this is like one of, I think one of my greater parenting fears is that my kids are going to become teenagers and then hate everything I do and am. Um, but aside from that, legit being a fear, now is the time to build a foundation for myself. That's a reminder for me. But um, the first thing that I would talk about is how often, and you can ask yourself this question, how often are you engaging in activities that your teenager is interested in engaging in? Um, so sometimes we find that relationship divide becomes like a canyon because they're interested in wanting to do things and pull us into their world in ways that maybe we're not accustomed to or we're not interested in. But us not being interested in those things is causing a bigger divide in our relationship. Yes, and finding the thing to connect with them, even if it's like very small to start. So letting them pick the song or the radio in the car, or if they're watching like a funny TikTok and they're laughing, ask to see it. If they like to play video games, play a video game with them. The things that or talk about anime. I learned about anime a lot with middle schoolers in therapy, and I did. I don't like anime. It's not fun for me, but it's about in the moment. It's about your kids. So really finding that time to be intentional and making it about that connection and that relationship building. Yeah. So some tips for this is we're going to avoid criticizing their interest. So even if you're not into rap, you're not into anime, you're not into whatever they're into, we're trying not to criticize it in this time to build that relationship. Genuinely, so that's tip one number one, don't criticize when you're doing it. It doesn't have to be an extended period of time, but try not to criticize or judge or lecture or teach in this time. Tip number two, um, it doesn't have to be long. Like we said, it can be the little snippets that you take advantage of. Um, we usually recommend shooting for 10 to 15 minutes if you can, and if they allow it. If not, then building your way up to that. And I had another one, but I forgot it, so. Here we are. I would use that time too to not talk about their grades, their responsibilities, their life yes. lecture. Just really make it about having fun with them. Yep. One of my favorite um, therapists, um, she's been a therapist for over 20 something years. She's also a public speaker, Lynn Lyons. She says, talk 80% less. And that's her number one parenting tip to parents talk 80% less. That is a golden nugget. I love it. Um, okay. Are we ready for the next one? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, my teen, my child, sorry, is getting bullied by peers. How can I help? Oh, this one breaks my heart. I know. Andy did an episode on this last season or in the last few months. I did. Yeah. Issue, so go yeah, for it. Because we had a um, we had a suicide due to bullying, uh, like okay. a young one in our community. Um. Mm -hmm this one's so hard. Okay. So I don't think there's one right way to handle any of these situations and they vary from situation to situation, but helping your child 
sometimes I'm trying to think, sorry, Paige, you go first. My thoughts are coming together. Yeah, no problem. So we actually had an incident with a Layla in school and I feel like no matter where your kids are or where they're at, there's an opportunity for them to be bullied or teased in some way. And so the way I chose to look at it as a parent, it obviously is going to hit different. Like I'm going to need that kid's parents' numbers. Like let's go for a drive. Mama there. Yeah. <laughs> outside of that, I'm like, I can very do very little to control the outside world and how it's going to impact my daughter. What I can do is start building from the inside out. So I recommend first and foremost, having those conversations, creating that space. And this is where that attunement and relationship comes in. Um, for them to feel safe enough to share with you what's happening Two, check yourself and your feelings because mama bear comes out. And then three, the thing that we focused on a lot was self-esteem and character building within the home. And also when we did arrange play dates or we invited people over, we vetted the kind of influences that they were, um, to help build up a really supportive network around her. So we did self-esteem work. And then we also in like encouraged and surrounded her by supportive, like family and friends. Right. And my thought was, and I was trying to find a way to say it that didn't sound like, like I was pushing responsibility onto the, the child. Right. But what mm-hmm. I was trying to say is that sometimes I think the best thing we can do for our kids is teach them that not everybody's going to like them and not mm-hmm. everyone's going to be nice and how I we can open hands. Yeah. And so, and the earlier we can do that, the better. And sometimes, and this was the part I was trying to figure out how to word in my head, our own response and our own emotional reaction to what's happening at the school kind of creates this escalation situation. So maybe your child is having someone be mean to them or being bullied and absolutely like use your discernment as a parent and your intuition about like, do I need to talk to the teacher or the school? Do I need to have them move to classes? What's going on here, right? Like, because mm-hmm. we want to keep it safe, but also sometimes when we mama bear, it creates, they can sense that. And then they make it a bigger deal. So I used the example of Sam, kind of a kid being mean to him at Ninja. And I had a really strong reaction and I was like crying about it. Sam was fine. Sam could give two shits that this kid (laughs) said the thing to, to him that he didn't like him or whatever. And I was like, crying. (laughs) So like recognizing that, like, sometimes we put that on our kids because it's about our own experience because I was bullied a lot as a kid. And so it hurts my heart because I know how it felt, but for him, like it didn't really affect him. Right. So the ability to check yourself, which is something that Lindsay and I talk about a lot, actually. And, um, being, we, we actually are launching a challenge right now called the check yourself challenge, which is three days to becoming a more patient parent. And it is totally free and it's chock full of a bunch of really like fruitful, I don't know if that's the right word, but fruitful information, like really powerful information for you to be able to start checking these emotions in yourself and how they're impacting you to help you show up as the parent you want to be. And so to do that, we'll put the link in the show notes. You can sign up for that challenge and learn these tools to help building some of this awareness for yourself. Um, so go the, wipe a butt. So you continue. I gotta go wipe a butt. This is the most real life this mom is, podcast ever. This is like, if you're right gonna back. watch this episode on YouTube, like Lindsay's in full mom mode right now. Like kids are everywhere. Um, so Alayla last year was also experiencing some bullying, and we've had instances before. And the thing that I think is disappointing in a way is that the school district and the school employees are almost used to parents being reactive, right? like parents that don't check themselves. So they come at d- defensively already, like you're going to attack. 
So last year, Alayla came home talking about how fat she was, how chubby her cheeks are. This girl is like thin as a rail. And I'm like, okay, what's happening? And so she shared some of the things that were happening in her class. So I did reach out to her teacher just to check in. And I asked, I was like, hey, what can we do together to limit some of this behavior? It's like, I would be happy to come volunteer my time and do a social emotional skills lesson around bullying or what does your curriculum already look like? Um, if you're open to that, I would love to come in and do groups. So I was using my skill set to try to problem solve with the school and the school staff to help minimize these behaviors for all kids involved. So if it's happening for my kid, it's for sure happening for other kids, or maybe the child who is doing the bullying isn't necessarily like educated on like why we don't do those types of, like why we don't participate in those behaviors socially. Right. And I think something I talk about in that podcast episode is that kids who bully are often going through something or they have parents who bully kids bully because we bully as adults so trying to be empathetic to that while still keeping your child safe sorry I'm out of breath from running up and running up the stairs <laughs> to wipe a butt no it's good so if your child is getting bullied by his peers here's some things you can do one I want you to check yourself in your emotions at the door because as much as you love your baby it's not about you okay and your reaction can make theirs worse two I want you to, um, if your intuition is like, I want to reach out to the school, I want you to approach it in a collaborative mindset. How can we work together to take care of this problem that's erupting within the classroom culture? Like, how can I help? Like, what can we do together? Three, I want you to do some skill building with your kiddo in understanding um, that, you know, not everyone is going to like them, right? But most importantly, helping them build that confidence independent of the value and affirmation of others. And if you need, have any questions about that, go to Paige's back to school episode last week. I do a skill building self-esteem exercise where we build bridges to help them identify and solidify some of that self-esteem and confidence as they move into the school year. And number three, did it, hold on. We did it last night with Sam because he's starting at a new school yeah. and he loved it. So you have to go uh, check it out and try it out. Yes, thank you. And then the last one I want you to, um, speak positively, be the model of positive love, confidence and self-esteem in your home and help surround your kiddo with supportive, um, positive, loving influences, friends, families, whatever that looks like. All right, and last question. Lindsay, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, go ahead, read it and go off. How can I get through to my stubborn child? <laughs> My first tip is stop trying to power struggle with your stubborn child. And I say that <laughs> in the most loving, gently confronting you as a therapist kind of way. Um, sometimes we get so dead set on being right, being the parent, um, getting through, I'm using air quotes if you're not watching it, yeah. <laughs> um, that we actually are like making it worse. Some kids, if you stop pushing, they don't push back. And so some kids still will, but that is my first tip. Maya, do you have any tips before I give my- Keep going. Okay. Also, um, trying to foster that stubbornness in a productive way, because that stubbornness is their superpower. And if they can harness that, that's the word I was looking for earlier. If they can harness that in a way that they can disagree appropriately, they can still be independent. They can do the things they need to do and be productive. They will be so successful and so helpful in our world. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that comes with 
checking our expectations of how things should be. So is your child stubborn because they won't do something you ask? Is that thing really necessary? Is there another way to do it that's better for that child? An example is, and this is kind of not really a stubborn thing, but I'm going to use the example. So Sam has sensory issues. He cannot get a haircut in like the salon. He like has a, he, he gets so overstimulated. So Tim kind of does it at home sometimes, but we really had to like check the expectation on me, especially that our kids had like, or that Sam has like well-groomed hair, whatever. Right. Like, that's a new expectation. Yeah. So I, that's a me thing. That's got nothing to do with Sam. And so you could look yeah. at it and being stubborn. I know it's a sensory stuff, but instead of trying to push through, I can say like, how can we make a haircut more comfortable for you? Are you willing to push yourself a little in this situation? So Tim and I watched some YouTube videos, Tim cut his hair at home. You can mm-hmm. check out his back to school cut on Instagram, but like we weren't going to force him. So if he wasn't going to do it, we had pre-decided we weren't going to make him do it. And so kind of things like that, like, why am I having my child do this thing? Is it a should thing? Um, some things are safety things. Like they need to wear a seatbelt. They need to be in the car seat. They need to brush their teeth. They need to go to the doctor. Those things you have to do them, find a way to make those work. But if it's other stuff, like if they want to wear the same shirt every day, like, mm, is that really, yeah, worth is that battle? worth the battle? Yes. Um, a great skill that Lindsay and I both talked about on our TikTok. I don't know that we've brought it to the podcast yet, but it's the do-over. So this stubbornness, like Lindsay said, is their superpower. So we're developing skills around it to use it productively in society. I want my kids to be stubborn. I want them to beat their own past. Okay. But I want them to do it with respect and kindness. And so that's, that's the skill. <laughs> that's the skill building. The best skill you can teach your kids in life is to disagree appropriately because yes. they will be able to set boundaries. They won't be a people pleaser. They won't be a pushover and they will be able to state their opinions in a kind, respectful way. Yes. So for example, we do the do-over, um, something that we do often in our home is a do-over. I, I take everything as a learning opportunity. I'm not like you learn this once you need to be on it. Like we're constantly learning and we're learning together. So that's where the do-over comes in, set the mindset. And so Alayla will say something. She was real sassy yesterday. And I say that with all the love in the world, of course. But she was like, oh, come on. I don't want to do that. And I was like, wow, that felt really hurtful. The tone you said that in. Um, I'm hearing that you would like to do something differently. And maybe there's a way you can communicate that. Like, would you like a do-over? Do you want to try again? And she's all, yeah. And so then she'll say it and she'll say, I really don't want to change my clothes tonight. Can I change my clothes in the morning instead? And I was like, absolutely. That sounds like a great plan to me. Like, thank you for speaking to me with love and kindness. Like that was a great do-over, you know? So being able to foster a do-over. So we're learning the skills. Like I'm totally fine. You want to change your clothes tonight? You want to change them tomorrow? You want to shower tonight? You want to shower tomorrow? Depending on the day and the stink level. I'm like, cool. Like I'm really flexible, but you got to be nice to me. Right. And I think it helps us understand our kids so much better. I have a similar example. We were doing bedtime and one of mine did not want to go get in bed and she was crying and whining and I couldn't really understand why. And so I had her come over to me and I said, take a breath and tell me what you were trying to say.
we always tuck her in. We were just telling her to like, go get in bed and we'll be right in to tuck you in. And so some of that may have been my communication. Some of it may have been hers, but once we were able to get through that, she wasn't resisting bedtime. She was just expressing a fear that we were just going to make her go to bed on her own, which isn't something we normally do. So it just helped like understand them better too. So like in the moment, instead of reacting, and this is where check yourself can help responding Mm -hmm. and addressing the behavior and telling them why it's hard for you to hear or understand them when they are whining, screaming. Yes. So flip your mindset from defiance to miscommunication. Like we're miscommunicating right now. Um, And then I love to check yourself by asking those questions. Like, is this a me expectation? Why am I responding like this? Why do I feel so strongly about this? So with that, I think Lindsay and I can both agree and correct me if I'm wrong, but being able to check yourself is a foundation of the parenting journey to show up as the parent you want to be, to foster those relationships with your kids and also the reparenting journey. Cause like I said, a lot of us didn't get this growing up. So being able to learn alongside our kids by checking ourselves is, is an incredible skill to develop and develop together. Cause you'll do it with your kiddo. I love it. Yes. Go yeah. sign up. You won't regret it. Yes. Again, that is our three-day challenge to becoming a more patient parent. It's the Check Yourself Challenge. In the show notes, sign up. It'll come in the form of an email. All of the information is free. Lindsay and I both have a video demonstrating some of the tactics we use to help us when we're already reactive, to help us regulate and come back and to really check ourselves to be able to show up as the parents we want to be. So that'll be in the show notes. Don't forget to join our private Facebook community, Embracing Mindful Motherhood and Positive Parenting. Please subscribe, rate, and review because it really helps the podcast and the friends of the podcast and send us any of your questions. Hey, we will see you next week. Hey, it's Paige. If you or someone you know is looking for therapeutic services, I'm accepting new clients in Idaho over telehealth or in person. So go ahead and check me out at www.parentingwithpage.com, skim my bio, and contact me via the contact form. Talk to you soon. Hey, hey, Lindsay here. Have you ever wanted to just like talk to someone about your child just to make sure you're on the right track or they're going through a phase that maybe you have some questions about or you don't know if they need like a full therapist or you just want some advice on how to handle a specific situation with them? or you just want some ideas for things you can start implementing and working on at home. That is what I am doing in my new problem solving sessions. Right now, this is the only way to work with me one-on-one because I'm not taking new therapy clients. If you're interested in something like this for your child, go on the show notes and there's a link and you fill out an application to work with me and I will get back to you about if it's a good fit and scheduling and all that jazz. Thanks for coming to Mindful as a Mother podcast. If you'd like more of us and Mindful as a Mother, you can find Paige at Instagram at Parenting with Paige and Lindsay at Linz underscore Adams LCSW. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, and in our Facebook group, Creating Community and Smashing Parental Stigma embracing mindful motherhood and positive parenting. Thanks so much and see you next time.